Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Welcome back to the Blue Stable Podcast, guys. The official Colts podcast of Fansider. Shout out to Fansider, guys. Destin, uh, as always, you guys know Destin. I'm man. I, I never know, man. I can never see my eyes. Like, are people do do people not know what my eyes look like or anything? Like, because this, I need to get new glasses, man. This, these are getting bad. Uh, I have a prescription that I got at the eye doctor, and it's just literally sitting on my nightstand. I just haven't gotten to get it. But this is not Michael's eyes uh, visitation here. We got a special guest. For some reason, he hasn't been on lately, but now we finally um, finally got him on. You know, we we joke with Rashad about he's gone Hollywood and everything, but this guy really has gone Hollywood. We had to we had to call his agent. We had to get a schedule going. We had to go all through these guidelines, man. But Zach Hicks, the the man of the hour, Mr. Hollywood, how are, how are you, man? I'm doing good, man. Uh, a little, little worn down trying to get this draft guide and everything uh, written up, but uh, can't complain. Can't complain at all, man. Destin, how are you? I'm doing well. Zach Hicks' agent, um, I believe her name is Hannah. Um, oh, gosh. I, I, I believe uh, <laughs> she has some relation uh, to the talent, Zach Hicks, of some sort. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, I, it's great to have Zach on. Always great to talk draft. Always great to talk this offseason. Uh it's going to be an interesting one. I mean, I feel like every week, um, even if a move hasn't happened yet, the Colts find a way to be in the news. Um, usually the same person is the reason. Um, Car- Carson Wentz, man, greatest Colts quarterback of all time. Like, like d- describe all time. Um, I mean, if you only included 2021 to 2022. Oh, I would say Carson Wentz is the greatest quarterback in that span for the Colts. I would, I would probably agree with you, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Better than Ellinger, like better than Ellinger. I still don't even know why he's in the NFL, honestly. But hey, he I, now now he is better at Carson at throwing 
10 yards and shorter. Let's just give him that. Let's, let's, get, let's give him his dues. Dustin, let's give him his you, dues, you, yes. You might, you might be better at that. Well, the thing is, it's not like what's is bad at it. He just doesn't do it. Yeah. So it's, like an, it. so it's like an N.A. Like Ellinger gets yeah. like a C grade at best, and Carson gets the old N.A. didn't attempt. Yep. yep. Yeah. That's, not that's enough. Exactly not enough right. data for him to qualify in the rankings, guys. We have a loaded show. Draft content as always. We're not going to talk anything else. When you see Zach Hicks on the show, you know we're going to talk draft content. That's Destin Adams is going to get schooled like always. Zach, Zach is going <laughs> to destroy us in conversations. Okay. So let's go ahead and get it started, guys. We're going to talk about the top five needs of the Colts this off season. I uh, I'm actually going to hand the reins over to Zach. I think. Destin and I have talked enough on this podcast. To, the fans already know what we're going to say, probably. But, Zach, the top five needs for the Colts this offseason are? Well, number one, uh, I feel like it has to be quarterback. Uh, I mean, we kind of just joked around about it right there. But there's so much uncertainty with the quarterback of the Colts going into next year. Now, will, will Carson come back? Will they trade for a big fish? Will they draft a guy? Will they sign someone? Uh they have to figure that position out, whether it is Carson or not. So uh, quarterback obviously is number one. It's number one when it comes to any team, but especially the Colts right now. Uh, Number two, I'd probably say wide receiver uh, outside of Michael Pittman Jr. They just really need another weapon out there. Again, I still love Paris Campbell, and I love what Ballard said the other day that they're not ready to give up on him, but you can't rely on him at this point. You You have to bring in more talent. And luckily, it's a good free agent class and a good draft class to to kind of need a wide receiver. Uh, after that, I'd probably, you know, there's a couple positions I think are all kind of in the same tier. Uh, I would probably go left tackle after that, though, just because, you know, Eric Fisher, for for the good stretches he had and for how good he was in the run game, it, it, it was kind of a train wreck in the past game. We kind of saw that a lot last year. And and uh, I, I am a firm believer in Matt Pryor. I think Matt Pryor did some really good things last year, and I think he can you know, at least hold the fort down if he had to, but they need to get something like they did get someone young there. They, they are already investing so much money at the rest of the offensive line. Now I'm not saying this needs to be a second round pick or even a third round pick, but you know, you, you have to get some young talent there to develop maybe, maybe even behind that prior. So I actually would put that pretty high. Um, after that, you know, again, there's so many positions you'd go here. Uh, tight end, I think is one that's up there, but I'm honestly going to go a little against the grain and say safety. Uh, with with number four uh, Julian Blackman and Kari Willis I think are two very talented safeties and, and I'm really excited for them in this new defense under Gus Bradley but neither of those guys have ever played a full season in the NFL uh, Kari Willis it's always been around like 12 13 games 14 games uh, Julian Blackman's coming off another significant injury in his leg and we kind of saw what happened this past year when Blackman went down we had to see Andrew Sandejo for for the whole season and you know, the Colts need to do whatever they can not to have that situation happen again. We uh, so only if- reference him as mullet guy uh, yeah. on this podcast. <laughs> um, so we would appreciate um, if that is all that is said about that man. Hey, yeah. man, yeah. he had a good game against the Patriots and nothing else after that or before that. But I'll give him his right. due against the Patriots. Right, right. And then after that, I would probably go I'd probably go edge after that. I know it's it's kind of weird to have this one so low because I do think the Colts need another edge and I definitely think it needs to be like a veteran edge that they're bringing in but I do think with under Gus Bradley's new scheme having you know second year out of Dio second year out of Quiddy Pay uh, maybe bring back like someone like Tyquan Lewis I do see more potential in this group than probably what we ever saw under Matt Eberflus so 
yes, I do think they need to add more to that. You know, maybe figure out if we're going to keep Ture or Vanagu going forward as well. Uh, but uh, I actually kind of believe in the edge group, and I do think they need to add a veteran. But I, the young guys, I'm I'm pretty impressed. So I don't think it's as huge of a a draft need or anything like that. So so what we're hearing is kicker is not a need. Kicker is not a real position. We we, we shouldn't it's not trade a real up position. We shouldn't trade up in the first for a kicker. There's no kicker. I mean, there's a punter in this class. He's pretty Hey, good, okay, but. okay. You, you got me there, Destin. Where are we leaning when it comes to the top five needs for the Colts in 2022? Yeah, I mean, I think number one is going to be a pretty easy consensus for everyone. Quarterback, if, if you don't have the solution at quarterback, I think quarterback should probably always be your top need as a franchise, even if you have a stopgap in place. Um, so quarterback's got to be number one. Um, number two is going to be receiver. Just because, again um, – I mean, you've, you guys have heard us on the podcast multiple times. We we have a hard time naming five teams that have worse receiver rooms than the Colts. We, we struggle. We've tried. And if you take Pittman out and you you take everyone's top weapon out and then just read off receiver rooms, it, it's going to get hard to name three. So, I mean, I – receiver has to be two. Um, for three, I'm going to go edge at three um, just because I kind of like – you spoke about Pryor a little bit, um, who I think can be a guy who starts when necessary. And I just really think it needs to find a way to be a rookie somehow, some way, if it's this year, if it's next year. Like, I think long-term, that tackle spot needs to be a rookie to optimize just the amount of contracts we have on this line right now. Um, I'm going to go tackle at four. Um, and I'm going to go at five. I'm going to go corner instead of safety still. Um, I like a lot of these corners um, on this roster for sure. Um, and I think Isaiah Rogers had a heck of a season playing on the outside, a better season than I think I ever would have imagined him on the outside. I still think he would be best used as a, a rotational outside guy who can play inside and out and getting a guy opposite of rock that can be that consistent outside piece personally. Um, but I mean, I'm never going to be anti Isaiah Rogers getting snaps. Like that's just never going to be my, my niche. Um, so I'll go corner instead of the safety route. So a little bit different um, than Zach's. Quarterback. Obviously going to be number one. I'm going to go with Zach and put left tackle at number two, only because at edge you do see some young guys. You got Dio, you got Quiddy. Uh, what's going to happen with Kamoko? What's going to happen with Taekwon? I'd really like for you to choose one or the other instead of going with both. Want to bring some different bodies in uh, personally, but when it comes to left tackle, I'm fine with prior, you know, plugging in right there. But I would really like to see if there's a tackle in the draft that we can get. We're not going to pay any money. Um, in free agency i highly believe that and i want to go young at left tackle i want to find the guy of the future already when it comes to number three i'm actually going to go corner i'm actually i'm actually going to go corner for all the reasons that destin mentioned kenny isaiah yeah they're going to be your guys on the inside although isaiah did really show some good stuff uh on the outside i want to find another guy that that's gonna you know mirror rocky sin a little bit keep kenny more on the inside Definitely think, you know, finding a number two corner is going to be or number three, whichever, however you want to order that. Um, I, I really want to see a corner uh, come out, whether that's in free agency or uh, the draft. I'm going to probably put wide receiver. Wide, wide receiver's got to be there. I want to say maybe just weapon, just weapon. 
I don't even care who you grab. As long as it's someone good that creates separation and that can catch the ball consistently. That, that That's all I care about. And then it's going to be safety. I want to roll with my dogs, Kari Willis and Julian Blackman, but Julian Blackman, two major knee injuries or lower leg injuries in three years. That's not a good thing. So finding, I wouldn't be surprised if you went in free agency and grabbed a vet, maybe a Kareem Jackson. You know, I think that would be like a solid fit here in Indianapolis. But other than that, those are going to be my top five. So, I mean, quick question. Um, so Zach kind of talked about how the edge room, you would like to add a vet um, to that room. You'd like to go out and get a free agent, not just draft another guy to join the young room already, as well as anyone they bring bring back. Um, I'm all I'm already on the bring two Ray back um, train, um, so I got to stay consistent there. But do you think we'll struggle to get some vets to come play for – such a young defensive line coach. Uh, do you think that like could be an issue for some guys coming to play for a guy that could be younger than some of them? Uh, we haven't been able to find an exact age for Nate Ollie. We've done, we've tried. Um, we've established he's probably <laughs> somewhere in the 29 to 32 range, looking at where, when he graduated high school. Um, Zach might have a correct, a better answer on his age maybe, but um, th- that's what we've been able to find. Yeah, you know, I don't think age of a position coach is really that much of a factor. Uh, honestly, it might be a like a better sign because it's easier to relate to a guy who's around your age or a little bit younger. Uh, but I think there's a, a big misconception when it comes to uh, position coaches and what they actually do <laughs> to a team. You know, when you get to the NFL, you're not developing guys, you know. Like, don't get me wrong. You want guys to take like Quiddy Pay. We always said was raw, like very raw player. Uh, so yes, we need him to develop in the NFL. But it's not the position coach's job to develop. It's the player's job to develop. It's the player's job to to put the work in in the offseason, put the work in the film room to develop his game. The position coach is just there to put him in the right positions, control the subs, uh, and and control the advanced scouting and help in the film room. It's not there to make sure that you know, you're, oh, this, you know, your hand striking at this right thing or whatever, you know, it's not, it's not like it's a bunch of practice drills or anything like that. So when it comes to like the age and stuff like that, or it comes with like, oh, this is the first time defensive line coach. I don't really think that's much of a, that much of an issue uh, for players or for anything really around the league. Um, as long as it's kind of communicated that Nate Ali is a guy with, with high energy who knows the game of football and can help them in the film room. I, I think that's the only thing that really matters. And then my last question before we kind of move on to our next subject a little bit. Um, I'm sure anyone listening has kind of listened or read up on Chris Ballard's uh, presser at the Combine. An interesting moment that I had that kind of just brings up possibly a wider conversation. Um, he, he, he said that Danny Pinter is going to have a chance um, to slide over and play at that right guard spot. It may have not actually been the Combine conversation. It may have been um, when he was on – with Dan Dockage. Yeah, he was on with Dockage um, this morning, I believe, actually. And that was when he mentioned that Pinter is going to have the chance to slide over. Um, I thought Glowinski was going to be let go, let, let him walk um, in free agency just because of money purposes. I thought Chris Reed was going to be the person that got the first uh, crack at the right guard spot, I guess. Um, so, do you, do you think they're looking at other right guard options that are not just on the team? Or do you think we that could become a need other than Pinter and Reed and all these guys? I mean, I, I could definitely see them bringing back Reed. Uh, and if you bring back Reed, 
you know, I, as you guys all know, I'm a huge Chris Reed fan. I've always which is why, huge... the, which is why this had to be talked about. Right, right. I, I've always been one of the biggest guys on on Chris Reed, even before he got to Indy. Uh, and you know, even if he can't came back, though, it's hard to kind of say that it's art like it's officially his job over a guy like Danny Pinter. Pinter's a guy who's gotten better every single year, has great athleticism, had some really good games when he stepped in at center this year. Uh, so I think there is a feasible option where you could bring back Chris Reed and have him and Pinter kind of competing for the snaps there. Maybe even do like a rotation like they did a little bit with Lewinsky and, and Reed uh, at, at some points in the season. But, you know, I, I think I've always been with you, too, that I don't think Lewinsky was going to come back after, you know, this past deal with the Coles. I think he's going to hit the market and get a decent deal from someone else. Uh, but, yeah, it could be Chris Reed coming back. It could be a draft pick. It could be uh, another veteran on the market they bring in. I think they're going to add competition. but. Um, I think Pinter will definitely be right there at the center of that competition for that right guard spot. So after 2018, uh, Mark Lewinsky received a three-year, $18 million deer, uh, deer, deal. Um, do we think that he gets more than that for less years? No, probably, probably not. I, I would say maybe close to it, maybe like two for 10, uh, okay. two for 11 or something like that. Because, uh, you know, there, there's always O-line, needy teams. I know people in India have always said like, oh, Glowinski's the weak link, Glowinski sucks, like all that kind of stuff. But he's always been a, a pretty solid offensive lineman, kind of an above average run blocker, below average pass blocker. And um, there's going to be teams around the league that'll want that. So yeah, I think, you know, two years, like 5 million a year, four and a half million a year, something like that. I think, I think he'll get a nice little deal. Yeah, Glowinski's pockets won't be hurting anytime soon. Yeah. No. Hey, I was consistent after the year. I thought in 2021, Glowinski was our most consistent offensive line lineman this year. You know, Ryan Kelly, Bright, Braden Smith, Quentin Nelson. We all know Eric Fisher. Um, they had hey, Eric Fisher was had, consistent. They, Eric Fisher was consistent. He was consistently bad. That's what it was. Dude. I'm, I'm just saying, if we're, okay. we're going to change the subject a little bit. Okay, okay. that That's fair. That's fair. He was bad, but I thought Glowinski was at least consistently good. Let me change the word and consistently good uh, for the offensive line in the Indianapolis Colts. So, guys, we're going to get into a topic at uh, to, uh the, the positions of quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, defensive end, we're going to look at, we're going to highlight one person, one per player each from the free agent class and the draft. So we're actually going to start with free agency. Free agency is going to get going here in the next couple of weeks. So we'll go free agency first, and then we'll follow with the draft. So Zach, let me start with you at quarterback. Which one of these free agent options, <laughs> which one of these free agent options could best fit the Colts? Pass. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, like, uh, free agent. I mean, but for both these quarterback questions, even when we get to the draft, it's just going to be brutal answers across the board. But uh, I, I think one name to kind of look out for would be Marcus Mariota. I think Marcus Mariota is a guy that Chris Ballard has held in high regard in the past. I know there was some pretty serious smoke last season about the Colts trading for Mariota before they ended up trading for Carson Wentz. Uh, I know for a fact that deal almost went down for Mariota. Um, for a much, much lesser price than the Colts paid for Wentz. Uh, so I do know that there is kind of a, like a respect there for Mariota and Mariota's game. And, and I think, you know, I, I'm not saying he's much better than Wentz or even that he's better at all than Carson Wentz. But if you have a team that's trying to get more of a, a lead by example type guy, more of a guy who is safer, who will take the check down, who will operate an offense kind of in a very safe level. Uh, so basically the complete opposite of Carson Wentz, 
Marcus Mariota is a pretty good option there. So I, I'm not advocating for him at all. And I have to keep putting it out there. Every time I talk about Marcus Mariota, Mariota I'm not really advocating for him. Uh, but I do think he's a guy who could pique the Colts' interest. And, and I know Chris Bowden has had interest in him in the past. Dustin, where are you going? Oh, so where are we trying to go with this? Are we trying to say who Destin Adams would pick out of the free agency group or who I think would be the best fit, like Indy, Ballard, Reich-wise? Well, I, I don't necessarily think you have GM outside of your bedroom uh, wall, so I think I can, we're going to go I with can, Chris Ballard. I can add it to my Twitter bio right now, <laughs> um, but it is not on my bedroom door. I don't think the wife would allow me to make that right. um, change either, so I'm going to leave that off. But um, I, I'll say – I have like a 1A, 1B. I mean, I think Jameis Winston's the most intriguing just like talent-wise, but I think the problem that comes into hand is if the problem with Carson is that he was a little bit too up and down and you never knew who you were going to get, I mean, Jameis Winston's pretty much that, Um, even if I think he has the most upside of these free agency guys. Um, I think the other guy that I think would make the most sense if they ended up going the free agency route is – the former MVP, Mitchell Trubisky. Um, I think when I've gone back and watched his tape, there was actually more good moments than I probably was expecting when I was going through and watching it. Um, I think he's a guy that would definitely take the check downs. I think he's a guy that was actually pretty good at the medium range level of throws. Um, I thought he was actually pretty excellent when I was going through and watching his Bears tape a little bit on it. Um, And, I mean, when it came to the deep ball, we kind of understood where that was going to go. But, uh, I mean, I think he's a guy that definitely could come in and get a lot out of some of the weapons we didn't get to see this last year. I think Hines would do really well um, with him. We saw Tariq Cohen have career years um, with Mitchell Trubisky even. Um, So I think he's a guy that could make sense. So I'm not entirely sure if this guy is a free agent, but is, is he available? No. Next. Okay, (laughs) my girlfriend actually got me this as a like a late Valentine's Day present, and I'm not gonna lie, actually this year when I saw it, yeah, I I just got it today. Is she trying to like break your heart on? That's what I'm saying. Are you trying to tell me something? Are you trying to break my heart or something? Uh, but I'm definitely like I I just miss this guy so much. Uh, okay, so he's not an option then. Okay, all right. Uh, if I had to go over, man, (laughs) (laughs) if I had to go free agent. Man, if I'm – I hear you on Marcus Mariota. Mitchell Trubisky is definitely interesting. Uh, I mean, apparently he's a marry-your-daughter type of guy, which is what we, we've seen on Twitter. I'm going to go with some swagger. How about Fitzmagic? How about Ryan Fitzpatrick? You know, get him down here, get some Fitzmagic going into the MVP conversation for the first two weeks and then come back to earth. Um I, I would I, – I'd like him. I think he's an electric quarterback when he's actually good, when he has his good games. Uh, if you just decide – if you struck out on everything and you traded Wentz, went with Ryan Fitzpatrick, I mean, even if we kept Wentz, I'd probably still go with Ryan Fitzpatrick because he's a better quarterback than Sam Ellinger. So you upgrade your backup uh, position. I'll, I'll, st- I'll stick with Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, he's a leader. He's electric. He's has a voice. He's always relentless as a quarterback, never afraid to uh, take the deep shots, always, you know, smart with the football sometimes, sometimes. Um, yeah, I, I'll take him. I think he'll be a good culture fit. Now, guys, li- li- listen to the names 
all three of us just read off. It is not that great of a free agent quarterback class. All right. Uh, unfortunately, he's not walking through that door anytime soon. Um, but if we wanted to stay with the free agent class, all right, let's get with the wide receivers. Okay. Destin, I'm going to start with you here. All right. Wide receivers. Okay. We know you have a favorite in this class. Well, he, aren't we, aren't we going to cover um, a draft prospect for the quarterback? Oh, no, well? we're sticking with uh, free agent first. You want to do all free agents and then all draft prospects? Okay, I like Absolutely. it. Switch it up. I like it. Um, I mean, receiver-wise, I mean, I'm going to stay pretty consistent on this. I mean, Allen Robinson is a guy that I think I would go out and get. People are going to bring up that he had the down year. Um, I would bring up that you could tell he was very disgruntled this past year. Um, he, he was playing on the evil franchise tag that should be absolutely abolished um i i can't stand the franchise tag that is my daily rant about the franchise tag so you're welcome thanks for coming to my ted talk um but alan robinson's a guy that i think before this past year was viewed as like a lock top 10 receiver in the nfl um great route runner great hands i think he would be a great guy to put opposite of Pittman. great guy with experience um and i know he's a guy that the colts have had interest in in the past um they got outbid when he went to chicago but they were in on Allen robinson that past year now the issue for me with him would be why would he want to come here before the quarterback is figured out and hopefully that is figured out in time for that to be in the process but i mean Allen robinson has gone from blake bortles to Mitchell Trubisky, to Justin Fields, to whoever he is with this next year. Um, and if, it, if his options are Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, Mitchell Trubisky, um, it, it, that's a little tough sell for that kind of guy. But I think he's the, per, he's the best fit, in my opinion, in the free agency class. That's what we think you. I'm going to go with the smaller guy because I think the way I'm going to go about this, just guys who kind of I can see the Colts going after. Uh, and a guy I'll throw out there is Byron Pringle from the from the Chiefs. I know he's not a big name. He's always been a wide receiver three or four for most of his career. But kind of when we talk about this, this Colts receiver room, it's not just that they need another guy outside of Michael Pittman Jr. They need depth, too. They don't have very good depth. So my plan of attack for wide receiver would be draft a receiver in the second or third round. Uh, bring in a guy like Byron Pringle, and then you can just really improve that room. And Byron Pringle is a guy who he had a career year this past year. I think he had uh, like six or 700 yards receiving. Uh, I think he had over almost 10 touchdowns, uh, if you include the playoffs. I uh, had a really strong year. I think he was third in the NFL or second in the NFL in separation per yards or separation per route run, I believe, uh, according to Next Gen Stats. I think it was like four yards separation per route or something like that. Uh, he can play inside out. He's a good special teamer. Uh, just a really reliable player that I think would add so much depth to this wide receiver room that just, again, it doesn't have depth or consistency behind Michael Pittman Jr. So adding a guy like Pringle isn't the only step that needs to be taken, but it's, it's, it's a logical step that just improves everything. And, and I believe he, you know, he has connections to, he comes from Kansas city. Ballard has connections to Kansas city. I think there was a lot of kind of research done on him back, back when he came out as well. So uh, I think Byron Pringle makes a ton of sense and he would just be, uh, a really good depth piece to bring into this team. I'm going to go with Jacoby Myers uh, coming from New England. I think, you know, he's been underrated his entire career going into New England. He was really true. That was his first job truly as I guess you could be a number one, you know, with Nelson Aguilar, uh, Nikhil Harry had those two dynamic tight ends that they didn't want to use at all. Uh, and he actually had a pretty good year, solid hand, solid route runner, great, uh, 
run blocker. He's been developing each year. I would throw decent money at him. I think, you know, this is a solid free agent class for wide receivers. I think, I mean, think Ballard's probably going to miss out on, on the top ones. Like, you know, Dustin said with Allen Robinson, I think. But as far as fit goes, I think Myers is a good compliment on the outside uh, opposite of Michael Pittman. I would like to see a speedy guy come in. Of course, we all heard, you know, uh, they brought it up earlier in the show that, you know, we're not going to, you know, rely on Paris Campbell. You know, we're not going to put too much on him. And I, I, I like that. So Jacoby Myers is definitely an interesting one to me, but I do like his fit in Indianapolis a lot. Next is this really needs to be addressed. The tight end position. Okay. We need dynamic. We need speed. We need skill. We need big guys who know how to use their bodies and catch the ball uh, and know what route they're running. So, Zach, I'll start with you on this one, man. Tight ends, somewhat of a questionable class, maybe, maybe so, but who is the best fit for the Colts in free agency? Yeah, I actually think it's a really good class. You know, I, I think from top to bottom, you can get a starting tight end uh, pretty easily in this free agency class. And obviously some of these guys will resign with their teams, but for the most part, I think it's a really good class. Uh, and, you know, we, we could talk about dynamic, we could talk about young and, and adding it, but I think we all know who's actually going to sign with the Colts and it's, it's probably going to be Zach Ertz. And I, and that's who I think the Colts will pursue. Uh, Zach Ertz just makes a ton of sense. He is a super close connection to Frank Reich. Him and Frank Reich, you know, still talk all the time and, and are, are good friends and, and they have that great relationship. Uh, and then Zach Ertz, you know, I, again, it, it's not a flashy name. It's not a name that kind of inspires everyone to be like, oh, great, we just added a young explosive weapon. But it's a guy who is a former All-Pro who has had a lot of success in the league, understands how to get open, and he can be a mentor for a young guy like Kylan Granson. So uh, whether it's a huge contract or like a, you know, a, maybe like a mid-level one, uh, I think Zach Ertz will find his way to Indy this offseason. I think, you know, that or Casey Hayward would be my highest bets for, you know, free agent player landing in Indy uh, with, with uh, everything the Colts got going on. So when I'm looking at the tight end spot, I'm trying to think of guys that the Colts have gone to that have ended up working out well for them. And then just knowing Chris Ballard and how he operates free agency. I mean, I remember a certain tight end they went after was a former first round pick. um, Wasn't really able to live up to the hype on his first team ends up coming here, has some great success. Um, and then his drop issues leads to uh, him going to Pittsburgh, and his name was Eric Ebron. Um, so looking at this free agency class, I'm just trying to think of like who Ballard could look at and think he could help in that way. Um, that was a former first-round pick, hasn't been able to stay healthy, is a very explosive athlete when he's able to be on the field. And that's O.J. Howard oh. to me. Um, I just think O.J. Howard has that um, athleticism and just that – I think it's just that cheap – low risk, high reward type guy that Ballard looks for a lot when he's going to the free agency market. Um, I think there's guys I'd rather have than OJ Howard here. I mean, Mike Gesicki um, would be a great guy to go grab for Indianapolis. Do I think he's going to end up leaving or do I think it's going to be in the price range for the Colts? I don't. Um, and there's other guys too. Dalton Schultz is probably going to demand a lot on the market after this last year. I think OJ Howard is a guy that's going to fall closer to their price range um, and somebody they could actually go after a guy who I think will get more money than he probably should that I think has a chance to be good wherever he goes personally though is Evan Ingram um, as well is just another guy that I really like 
Wow. Uh, he named Evan all Ingram? of them, so it's hard for you to. <laughs> right. I mean, I was I was literally just about to say Evan Ingram, bro. I was literally just about to say that. Um, you still can't. I didn't talk about I, him much. I I'm, said I'm actually going to say, first off, um, excuse me. I'm actually going to say, start off by saying I will be, I will be perfectly fine. If Jack Doyle retires and you let Molly Cox walk, I, I will be perfectly fine. Wait, you, you, you would be fine with Molly Cox walking. Aren't you like his biggest fan? Oh, Zach, he, he, uh, he loves him, right? Doesn't he have I, a no. jersey of him? Like no. I mean, New Jersey. Even. Hey, hey, I will say this right here, right now. Michael likes to, uh, hate on Molly Cox. But this what? past hey? year, but this, oh, but this past no. year, this past year in fantasy, hey, I'm pretty sure Michael took Moali Cox in like the fifth round of fantasy in our draft. What? Oh, not, it, it, I, no, no, oh, no, no, well, no, Michael, no. I can go bring the, I can go look for the board, but it's pretty close. Somewhere that Bro, fifth to seventh. No, round. look, he's, I'm, he's I'm a, going into it right now. I'm going into it right now. He's a closet. He's a little bit of a closeted Moali Cox. Bro, y'all took time. all the tight ends. <laughs> Come on, hey, Michael. It's okay, but um. But yeah, we, okay. But Zach, to answer your question, uh, Michael, once uh, we were drafting the Colts players last offseason, we were drafting them in the point of basketball, right? To making a basketball yeah. roster. Michael was blessed with the first pick and didn't take Moali Cox. Who did you take? Quentin Nelson. I, I took Quentin Nelson, right? Oh my yeah. gosh, dude. Molly Cox is such a better basketball player than Quentin Nelson. <laughs> No, it's but I took close. Quentin Nelson, right? Molly Cox, well, I mean, yes, you did. Okay, but Molly okay. Cox was a D1 basketball player in a, in a basketball a good, draft. A very good D1 basketball player. A very like, good and, D1 and, basketball and, player that had to go play football, right? Well, yeah, you know how many people make it in the NBA? Yeah, I, I was going to say, I'll give him credit. He, he made it to the college level. I'll say, let, let's say, let me open the list here. Antonio <laughs> Gage, Jimmy Graham. Yeah. I mean, we can go down the list here. Only 2% of, or maybe not even that, make it to the NBA out of all college players. So, uh, But I, I will be perfectly fine. I, I really need some new faces, some new blood, and more athletic blood, at least people who know how to use their athleticism. No, Ali Cox doesn't know how to. Um, I, I'm all for going – new at the position so a couple of names or not really a couple i'll actually change from evan ingram and i'll go to david and joku a guy who is athletic i see no reason for him to return to cleveland there is no competitive reason in the world leadership relationship style usage there's no reason for him to go back to cleveland oh, I, can, I can think of a reason and oh, he just had 800 God. yards last year i think he got used pretty well eh. <laughs> I mean, I can think of a pretty big reason, though, why most people go to bad situations, and it's money. The money, bags. the money. Well, isn't he like getting talked that he might get franchise tagged? Like they're apparently willing to pay over ten million dollars a year for him. So yeah, uh, <laughs> I will. Say I love the fit too. I love the fit too. I would yeah. love him in Indy, but I just I don't I'll think take, he's gonna touch. I'll the take David and Joku, but going back to Evan Ingram, look, he, he's athletic, but. Damn it, man. He can't stay off the dang uh, table in the trainer's room. He can't. He's always seeing the trainer. He's always getting with them pregame, halftime, postgame. I'll take him on a flyer. One year, maybe $3 million or a two-year, maybe like kind of like what Eric Ebron got. Two oh, years. he's making more than that. Oh, he's yeah. Make more he, than he's, that, a big, he's a big name coming from <laughs> New York. He, he's going to be looking for the change. People love um, speed at tight end, man. They if love I it. if I had my way, I would trade for uh, Irv Smith, but we don't have a first round pick. So uh, that first round pick, 
<laughs> Michael, I, Michael, I think you just had a little stretch of like I disagree with every word you said. Um, <laughs> that one took a lot of the leaps there. I was like, a, first trade a, for Irv Smith, and then trade a first round pick for Irv Smith. It's like, whoa! Hey, he's talented, man. <laughs> did he go in the second? ACL, right? <laughs> he did go in the second, right? And they tore. He's coming off a torn ACL. Hey. Every, uh, which, which I understand, everybody recovers from a torn ACL. We're gonna buy right. all the second round player. There, there's, there's probably there's probably there's probably four tight ends I would even consider trading a first round pick for. Waller, Kelsey, uh, Gasicki. The fourth so one. I feel like I'm missing not, an so obvious. Not, one. So not Gasicki. Not Gasicki. Um, I feel like I'm missing Kittle, an obvious one. Kittle, Kittle, Kelsey, yes, Kittle. Waller. I would say Andrews. Pitts over Andrews, but Andrews is probably there too. Andrew is so good, man. He's so good, but he's unavailable. So moving on here, okay. Uh, tight, I, get better at tight end, please. I got, I got mad love for him, man. You know, he, he's Mo Ali Cox is beneficial to the Colts. Don't when say you have mad love when for him. When it's okay to hate him. Don't lie got, though. Hey, Mo Ali Cox is beneficial to the Colts when they're running basketball drills after practice. You're Other gaslighting. Than that, I don't that, know. That's a, that's a okay. new that's a new term that I'm learning. Um, you are gas, <laughs> You're just you are gaslighting that? Mo Ali Cox right now. Oh my goodness! Let's move on, guys. Defensive ends in the uh, free agency class. This one's going to be a little bit loaded right here. Uh, Destin, I think we already know who, who you're going to go with. So let's start with you. So I like to have crowned myself the conductor of the Hassan Reddick train last year. Um, I wanted him. I wanted him fiercely. I was heartbroken when he signed elsewhere. It sounds like their Panthers are going to let him test free agency. And I still think he is the type of guy to come bring into this room. A guy who is starting to finally be used as a full pass rusher and his skills are just showing on the field um, because Arizona just likes to find ways to misuse players on the defensive side of the ball. It feels like, um, so Hassan Reddick is the guy I'm going to say still. How, so you want to bring Kamoka Terry back and sign Hassan Reddick? Um, I mean, I guess my main point is I think Toure is going to sign for like a cheap prove-it deal wherever he goes anyway, gotcha. and I think I'd rather that be here than elsewhere gotcha. um, is, is my personal like reason for it. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, for my edge guy, I'd probably go with uh, a veteran guy uh, who had a really good season this past year, Melvin Ingram. Uh, he's a guy who, you know, when I talk that the Colts need – an edge guy who can disrupt a veteran edge that can cause disruption. Uh, I think Melvin Ingram's the perfect fit. Uh, he's a guy who has experience in this defense, had his best years under Gus Bradley in LA. Uh, and he's kind of fallen off since then. Now he's still a productive player. He had a good season last year with the chiefs and was, you know, one of the best players in that defense when they were, you know, going through their playoff run. Uh, but Melvin Ingram, I think would be a good guy to bring in. You know, you have a versatile guy who can play on either side, who can rush the passer at a high level. Uh, even if the sack numbers aren't going to be 10, 12 sacks a year, uh, you're going to get a player who, you know, can, can create finally. And that's what the Colts really need up front. So Melvin Ingram uh, with his connection to Gus Bradley, if, if Kansas city lets him walk, which I don't, I don't know if they will. Uh, I, I'd really like to see him in Indy. Yeah, I haven't had a true pass rush since the legendary great Jonathan Newsom uh, left the Colts. Can't even remember what year that was. But for me, I'm going to say Chandler Jones. I mean, that literally just got announced today that it doesn't seem like the Cardinals are going to be able to retain Chandler Jones this free agency. So I'm offering the big money. I mean, I mean, yeah, welcome to the club, right? Uh, his whole entire family is nothing but athletes. His brother is literally the goat of UFC fighters. And his brother 
kind of fell off the face of the earth, former Colt Arthur Jones. And Chandler, th- throw the money at him, man. Throw the money at him. Throw it. Throw it. I don't give a, I don't give a shit what your plan is for Quiddy Pay, for Dio Dangbo, or uh, I, I don't care. Throw it at him. If not, then I would look into Derek Barnett, Emmanuel Agba. But my number one guy, Chandler Jones, for all the reasons that we already know. I could be like completely wrong, but was did Derek Barnett and Ollie did their time at Tennessee overlap? I thought so, right? Oh, ten- Tennessee, you mean Philly? Well, well, when he was a uh, was it a grad assistant at Tennessee? No, I think wasn't he a grad assistant at Eastern Tennessee? I thought it was, or That's maybe Eastern no, Kentucky. no grad assistant. Yeah, my fault. Eastern Kentucky was where he yeah. was the line coach. Uh, I think man. I think he was a grad assistant at Tennessee. I could be completely I think he wrong. Was. No, I think he, he was overlap with Barnett. I don't know if that is correct. Um, I'm not I'd sure. I know he years. overlapped in Philly, and yes. and he has a lot of respect from all those guys who he, he coached in Philly. So uh, that there's that connection there. But if it goes back to Tennessee, even as well, then you know that's that's just something else. All right, hey guys, that was the free agent portion. Let's get into the draft portion okay let's go let's start with the quarterbacks all right quarter we're gonna we're, we're, we're trying to get something new something fresh i don't know i highly doubt it's gonna be a, a draft quarterback all right let me just get that straight right now uh but let's talk quarterbacks in the draft all right one guy that we all think is gonna be there i think i want to start off with the bang uh zach you know start start the fireworks man i'm not sure if they're gonna be good fireworks but let's start the damaging fireworks here none of them none of them they all suck I don't want any of them. No, <laughs> I think a guy who <laughs> makes some sense, some sense. Again, I don't want to touch this quarterback class. I, I just don't want to touch it. Uh, but I think a guy who could make sense if he's there on day two would be Sam Howell. Uh, I think Sam Howell is a guy who is talented. He's got plenty of arm. I think he, he flashes some of the best deep ball ability in this entire class. Uh, he's a very good RPO quarterback, which we know the Colts kind of, brought a lot of that into their, into their offense past year with Carson Wentz. Uh, and I think he, he shows a better feel of the game than some of these other quarterbacks, you know, when it comes to, you know, layering throws over the middle, layering throws down the field, uh, attacking certain coverages in certain ways. I think he, he has a better understanding of the game of football than, than some of these other quarterbacks that you guys might even mention here. Uh, do I love Howell? Do I think he's a first round pick? No, not at all. Uh, but if you're if you're talking late round two, early round three to take a shot on a quarterback, I, I think Howell would be a fine player. I, I think there is some upside there. Uh, year one might be a little rough with him, uh, but if you bring in maybe a guy like Mariota or something like that and have Howell behind him, I think you know that could that could be a formula for success. But it, you know, in this in this terrible terrible quarterback class, I, I guess Sam Howell on day two is not too bad. Dustin, give me the goods. Yeah, so I mean, don't take my guy either. I don't know why you always go last if you don't want your. Guys okay, to never take mind, him. never mind. I'll go. I'll go next. I'll go next. I'll go next. Okay, I can't let you know what. Actually, you know, take it, take it, take. It. I don't care. I'll, I'll find an out. I'll find. I'll, I'll find a way to come up. With uh, all right. Uh, um. So I mean, earlier today, I, I reported that um, a source close to the team had been in communication with me and Rashad McGinnis, who wasn't able to be on with us today. Um, that if the Colts are not able to land any of their desired candidates via trade, or maybe there's some guys on the free agency market, um, that there are a couple of guys in this class that the Colts seem to be intrigued by maybe a little bit more than Zach Hicks is. Um, So, I mean, 
I um, have not been given clearance to give those names of the quarterbacks that we were given today. So I'm not going to say that I will say from Destin Adams, a guy that I am higher on than most. Um, I really like Matt Corral's game. I do. Um, I think he's a guy who has the deep arm ability. Um, I really like his ability outside the pocket to make plays still. Um, do I think he is a hundred percent lock to be a franchise quarterback by any means? No. Um, now, when I say I, I would take him in round one, though, um, I think a thing with him right now is he's kind of falling down boards a little bit. Uh, he's not going to perform at the combine. He wasn't at the senior bowl like some of these other guys. Um, I, I think that fifth year option is a valuable piece um, to gain. So in history says that trading into the end of the first round to get a guy is not something that's very expensive. Um, just looking back at guys that have been traded for Lamar Jackson, for example, is the most recent that comes to mind of a team trading into the end of the first round to get that fifth year option. Um, I think that could be a guy that I'd be interested in looking at there. Um, he's a little undersized. People will say he's about six, two. Um, we've seen some guys that are shorter than him perform um, in the NFL still. Um, I think he has the arm abilities. Um, I think giving Frank Reich a rookie to work with is a interesting thing that I would be, interested in seeing um is this the best quarterback class for it to happen in no but as a Colts fan we've kind of learned that uh luck is never on our side ironically um and we just kind of have to roll with the punches a little bit but I like Corral more than most people do I will be honest um so I would not be upset at all if I saw on draft day that the Colts had performed some sort of trade up deal to get into the end of the first round for him well, even after I said, don't take my guy, he just goes ahead and takes I offered guy. it. I offered it multiple times for you to go. <sighs> that hurt. Man. Okay, so <sighs> Destin took just my number over, one. Fighting Destin, over Matt Corral. <laughs> Destin, told, Destin took my guy. Zach took my other guy who I thought who I thought had some good some good game in him. Sam Howell. Uh Brock Purdy. I'm just kidding. No. Um <laughs> I was dude, I was like legit about to cancel the meet. I was about to leave the meeting. <laughs> Uh, was, was drafting Brock Purdy worse than trading a first for Irv Smith? <laughs> oh, well, I think I think I think it was. Yeah, I think no, tra- no, trading a first for Irv Smith is worse than drafting Purdy because you're drafting Purdy. It's like a seven. Okay, like, seven. Fine. Okay, but it, dude, trading a first for a, guy coming <laughs> off an, a second round pick guy coming off an ACL injury is is interesting. <laughs> <It's> interesting. <laughs> He's gonna be the goat tight end, man. Just, just you heard it okay. here first. Okay, uh, okay. Hey, I love Big Irv, man. I love him. I love him. Um, but w- one guy that does intrigue me. No, I'm not going Desmond Ritter. Uh, although, although I do, I am a fan. I, I did enjoy watching them this year. Um, but I'm gonna go Carson Strong here. Uh, for a guy that that makes a little bit of sense, you know, he's got a little bit of good mobility. I think he'll be, you know, probably a good third round option. Although I highly doubt he's gonna last till then. You know, like Dustin always says that positional value is always going to drive guys to get drafted higher up in uh, earlier rounds. But Carson Strong is a guy, if he's there in the third round, I'll take a fire on him, De- definitely. I mean, it, as long as it's an upgrade at backup, I- I'm all for it. I mean, get Sam's ass out of here. I don't know why he's a backup quarterback in the NFL. If Carson Strong can be had in the third round, boom, take him. I don't even care if we go grab uh, Ian Book or Jake Fromm or something. Just upgrade my room. Uh, Can we just stop with this blasphemous talk on their podcast? What's going on, Michael? This is is like bad take number 10. I I agree with the Ellinger stuff. 
that they need to upgrade. That. Hey, this is three, not ten. All right, let's not. I wouldn't. Let's... I wouldn't say Ian Book or Jake Fromm would be upgrades. <laughs> Ian Book and Jake Fromm are bad enough comments to be single bad statements. By the way, um, oh, just single them out to just count them as two. Count yes. them as three. Okay, okay. Uh, but Carson Strong is a guy that interests me a little bit. I still, I think right now I just put like maybe a third round grade on him, mid third round grade on him. Uh, I'm, I, I'm still kind of early in my draft stuff anyway because I just got done wrapping up all this other NFL free agency trade market stuff. But that, that's where I'm going at the quarterback. Let's get to the wide receiver room. Well, okay, just real quick about Strong. I guess I mean okay. for me the thing about him is. If he gets a good medical this week, like this medical portion for him is going to be huge Ooh. at the combine. Every doctor is going to get to see him. If he gets a solid medical um, at the combine, I don't think he'll be available in the third, just via positional value again. Um, now, I mean, if he gets a poor medical, he, he could plummet. Like it, it, it could go anywhere like fourth to fifth round. Yeah. One thing I will say about strong is uh... – the Colts are notoriously one of those teams that grades really harsh on medicals more than more so than, than, a, than a lot of other teams. So like, like Todd Gurley, for instance, was a guy that, that they did not pass that they would not have taken Todd Gurley back in the day, regardless, because he's, just, you know, the, the medicals and the Colts, you know, it's always been a thing with this franchise, not just this tent, this, this GM, but all, you know, other GMs as well. Uh, so I think that could be an interesting thing with Strong, where he could get he could pass with flying colors at the combine, but still not with the Colts independent doctors. And um, one more thing I'll say about this quarterback class before we move on, I don't think I'm going to have a grade higher than the third round pick on on this class. I think all these guys are backups. At so this is interesting. Uh, then who's so who's QB one though? Even if they're go, even if it's a third round grade, QB one. It's it's tight between. So I got the high floor and the high ceiling guy. High. High floor is Pickett. I think Pickett's a, a really solid quarterback. I think at worst you're going to get a high end backup out of him, like a Ted or a Teddy Bridgewater type out of him. Uh, and then Malik Willis is the other guy, and that's only because he's the only guy in this class where I look at him and I say, "All right, he could be special." These other guys, I mean, if you tell like the best case scenario for Matt Corral, in my opinion, just to kind of go on your guy, go after your guys, is. <laughs> like a slightly better version than what we saw of Zach Wilson this past year. Like I like Matt Corral's feet are worse than Zach Wilson and Zach Wilson's feet are some of the worst I've ever, I've ever studied. <laughs> like, Don't tell Zach Dustin that. Like I do I do not like Matt Corral, but I, but I will say if, if, if you liked Zach Wilson last year, then you're going to like Matt Corral. They're very, very similar prospects to me. Um, except I don't think Matt Corral's as much of a wow prospect. As Zach Wilson, uh, but that's all my opinion. Uh, quarterbacks, uh, I'm just very, very low in this class. I just don't see much potential in a lot of these players. But if I had to pick one, uh, it's either the high floor guy in Kenny Pickett or the high ceiling guy in Malik Willis. Yeah, I mean, I definitely won't have a first round grade on a quarterback yeah. this year. Um, like I said, I'm higher on Matt Corral than most. Um, yeah. he he's quarterback one for me in this class. Um, Things just scare me off the others. I think Malik Willis has one of the lower floors that I've ever studied, and that really concerns me there. Um, I agree that, that he has a very high ceiling if everything lines up. I just think a lot of things have to line up. Um, and then for Kenny Pickett, I like him as well. It's just I think his ceiling is lower than a portion where I would want to take him super high, like he's going to end up going in the first right. round probably. Um, and I guess my thing is I think Matt Corral has a higher ceiling um, than – 
Zach Wilson his rookie year. So, I mean, maybe that's where it just comes into play. And, hey, that's, just, that's me, and yeah. there's going to be disagreements when it comes to the draft. I like Zach Wilson as a prospect a little bit. I think with the right coaching, a lot of his mistakes can be fixed. I think that's another thing I look at when I look at the draft. When I see what is wrong with these guys, um, for lack of a better word, the, the mistakes, the cons to these prospects, how many of them are coachable? And I guess to me, I see a lot of coachability um, in Corral's game, in Wilson's game this past year, if the right guy gets a hold of him. And I think Frank Reich is just one of those guys that if he can't help you in the league, you're probably in for some trouble in the NFL. Uh, um, poor, Car- poor Carson Wentz. <laughs> <laughs> see, I, I feel much better saying let's take Matt Corral and let's hope he developed with his you know fundamentals, his mechanics and all that. I feel much better about that, like a 22-year-old Matt Corral, than I do a 30-year-old Carson Wentz. That's I, I just that's something we can all agree on. I think yes. when it comes to quarterbacks here. I think all yeah, right. All so 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 the headline for this episode: Zach Hicks loves Matt Corral. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> all right, right. For Corral, I really like the fact that when he's under duress, his eyes are always downfield. You know, watching a little bit of his Alabama tape, he was getting harassed that entire game, but his eyes stayed downfield. He delivered some solid throws, some solid uh uh shots. I, I really like his game a lot. I think he's got a little bit of a swagger to it. And when we trade for him next year, leading us to the Super Bowl, there's no bones about it. Okay. So, uh, guys, here we go. Wide receivers. Pretty interesting room. Draft. Zach, I'm going to start with you, man. Who is the best fit in your mind for this team? Yeah. So, you guys know Bill DeBallard is one of my running series that I've done for the last couple of years. And, and you know, before the combine, I do kind of get a, Wait, you drank that water. <laughs> What's what it's, happened? It's it's a shame that Michael was on mute, so he his face was not on the screen yet for everybody. So people listening just saw Zach like have a stroke on air because of how Michael took a drink. I mean, dude, he threw that back. I mean, <laughs> wait, hold on. Did I did I do it like this? I was hold on. Did I do it like? <laughs> Yes, the, that's the, exactly. The talk, the talk about quarterbacks just got him just all hot and bothered. He needs some water. I need some water. So, what I was saying was for Bill DeBallard, you know, even though I wait for combine testing, because combine testing is a huge part of that series, um, there are some guys who I could kind of circle beforehand as perfect fits for the Colts. And I don't think this guy's going to be there at 47, but. He's a guy who I have like five circles around because he's the perfect ballot receiver, and it's George Pickens from from Georgia. I mean, you ha- he has everything that Chris Ballard wants receivers. He's explosive. He's big. He's physical. I mean, he he is a pure dog. Uh, I mean, he's probably the best blocking receiver in this entire class. Uh, he he's a type of receiver where if you're corner, you don't want to line up against him because he will make you pay for for one to line up against him. And I think. You know, when, when you stack all these guys and, and stack what they were, you know, a couple, a couple years ago or stack kind of the potential that all these guys have when it comes to receiver in this class, you'd be hard pressed to, you know, say that George Pickens doesn't have the highest ceiling in this whole class at wide receiver. Uh, I mean, a couple of years ago, his tape was special and he's been held back by bad quarterback play. And then obviously the ACL injury this past year. Uh, but George Pickens is the guy who I think once he once he lights up the combine, he'll probably sneak into that late first round range. But if he's there at 47, you run up and you put that put that uh, card in because uh, there's not a better fit in this class at, at any position than George Pickens to the Colts with Chris Ballard's philosophy. 
So George Pickens is having the best vertical jump this this week. I don't think it's going to be the best vertical jump, but it's going to be very good for the wide receivers. Size. Yeah, it's going to be very good. I mean, and then he said the other day, he said today that he is trying to run. He's planning on running in the four threes to low four fours. If he runs in that, he's going to go late first. Um, if he gets below four or five, he might go late first. But if he especially runs, especially if a low run on quarterback goes round one, right? Um, if, if we only see like two to four, two to three um, quarterbacks go round one, just because the positional um, value teams are going to go on it, a lot of receivers are going to go. I'm telling you, if he if he even runs like a four four five, and you're sitting there as the Chiefs late first round, how do you not take him? Like that, that would just be malpractice not to take him. Uh, but if he does, if he is there at 47, even if he runs a four five, if he's there at 47, uh, I want him in Indy. I think he's just a perfect fit for everything the Colts like out of their receivers. Don't see that insane leaping catch he had in the national championship game. That was beautiful. I saw, I, was... I saw, I saw a few of me did not in the national championship game. So I mean, when, again, when his a couple years ago before before the injury and when he had better quarterback play, uh-huh. I mean, it was special. It was special stuff. I mean, we'd be talking number one receiver in this class if he doesn't get hurt. I think. No love for Stetson Bennett. So <laughs> here's the thing. I mean, to go from a quarterback room that at one point had Justin Fields, Jacob Eason, Jake Fromm. <laughs> To win the national championship with Stinson Bennett after all that is hilarious to me. I'm, it's just, it's just hilarious. But I mean, they built one of the best defenses in the history of college football. So yeah, I mean that helps. That helps. It helps. It helps. Um, I was gonna for this route. I was gonna give um, one outside, one inside, just depending on how free agency goes. Because I think they want to add a playmaker at both. It just kind of <laughs> depends where free agency gets there um so i mean i was gonna say pickens on the outside i love his game um i also think he's gonna end up going round one i for just a quote um from some people i was told this past week that i was an idiot because i have pickens above david bell currently in my um i have way above david bell like not even hell yeah dude i i do as well i I like my i think pickens is my wide receiver four Right now, I think Bell's my wide receiver eleven right now. So, so Pickens is my receiver five. Yeah. Um, Bell is my receiver nine right now. Okay. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there's there's still a solid gap. Uh, but I, I like Pickens' game a lot. I I also agree. I just think he's a great fit um, to what Indy usually brings in the receiver room. And I mean, he's already used to playing with a guy like Stinson Bennett. Um, I would like to say whoever the quarterback is for the Colts, somehow, some way, it's going to be an upgrade to what he dealt with this past year. And I agree. I think his ceiling is a lot higher than people were giving him credit for. If he's there in the second round, he's one of my guys that I would love to have. I mean, a guy who I think pre-injury probably goes top 20 is John Mechie. Um, I think he's a guy who has that explosion you like. I think his route running is very crisp. He creates separation at a very high rate. Um, he's a guy that I would love in the second round if um, they believe this injury is something that he recovers from 100%, which I think he will from what everything I've read. Um, and we'll see how far he drops because of that. Um, but I think he's a guy who, once he gets healthy, that production – could be outstanding if he's there in the second round. I'm actually going to go the same route that uh, Destin did, giving both inside and out. With the out, uh, this is going to be like, I guess you could say, more realistic in the second round with David Bell. Uh, Really solid route runner, you know, not the craziest athlete, which we all know, but, hey, there was a lot of greats um, in in the NFL that weren't the greatest 
athletes. But, you know, when you turn on that Purdue film, those games against Ohio State, all those games, you see something. So I think taking him, that would be a great one right there, how he could develop. It's not official yet, but possibly getting into a room led by Reggie Wayne could be really beneficial. And another guy, y'all are never going to guess this name or even thought of this name, but I really liked watching him this year um, for Utah, and that's Britton Covey, a guy who 5'8", 170, a guy who's really speedster. Watching his college take kind of reminds me a little bit of, what what do I want to say, maybe a Julian Edelman, Wes Welker type guy who's going to be found like in the 6th, 7th. I would take him in the 6th, 7th round, I think. He can be really solid. Just because he's getting taken in the sixth round doesn't mean he can't turn into a really nice player. I think when it comes to a speedster, I would take it later. Uh, a big guy is who I want to target at the high rounds. But Britton Covey, nice feet, nice hands, uh, solid route runner. A little bit off, uh, but you know can't block a soul. But I, I would definitely take him. Uh, so, would you rather take him at that sixth round pick or trade it for Andy Isabella? Ooh. Or take Brock Purdy with it. I mean, <laughs> ah, don't get me started on Brock Purdy. Or, man. or package it for, for and next Irv year's first for Earth. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> uh, lots of options. Lot, lots of options yes. there. Um, I do want to allow. Zach, if he wants to offer an inside receiver option, since we both gave two. Oh, uh, Wandell Robinson for sure. I love Wandell Robinson. Uh, huge, huge fan. I think he's, I think he's arguably the most electric player. I think if 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 you missed out on Kadarius Tony last year, Wandell Robinson's a great consolation prize this year. Uh, and I actually think Robinson's better down the field. I mean, we we saw he he went from Nebraska, I believe, to Kentucky. And got a real quarterback in Will, in Will Le- I think it's called Will Levis or Levis. I think it's Levis. He actually corrected me on that. So I'm trying Levis, to, yeah. <laughs> I think it's Levis. He, uh, Wandell told me after when I interviewed him, he was like, make sure you say Levis. Um, but Wandell Robinson, I mean, he goes there 1,300 yards, uh, one of the best receivers in all of college football. Uh, just, just a great season. I think he's going to be a player where, you know, you could, you could line up in the backfield on some plays, you could put him in the slot. You could make him, you put him outside and have him play like a Z position. Uh, super versatile player. Uh, Wando Robinson's a guy who I'm going to be much higher on than, than most people. I'm a big, big fan. Let's get into the tight ends. This is going to be the position that leads us to the championship. I will say tight end is very important in Frank Reich's system. I, I've been advocating for a tight end for a while. Now, Zach, let me start with you, man. No one yeah, I, take my guy, okay? No one. To, you know why, what? I'm why do you this, never go first? I'm starting this thing. No, I'm starting this thing off. All right, my dream tight end selection is not going to be who you think it is, uh, Destin. Even though we've talked about him, but give me Josh Wiley, man. Give me Josh Wiley from Cincinnati. You know, solid third, fourth round pick, whichever where where you want to go. I think he was solid at Cincinnati, given the quarterback he was playing with. Uh, solid route runner, you know developing as a blocker nice hands you know uh, they'll, they'll they'll succeed at the nfl level get him in the room i'll take him over mo ali cox of course uh good good athleticism i'll take him give me some josh wiley i loved him uh definitely paid attention to cincinnati because i wanted to see the underdog story watch the game against indiana notre dame of course alabama created some separation of course uh the championship game all that stuff so josh wiley there i feel accomplished no one took my guy does not you know? Okay, wasn't I'm even still. on my radar, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm still leading the show. Zach, where are you going with this? 
so, you know, this is a guy who was kind of under the radar for the longest time. And then Dane Brugler comes out the last couple of days saying that he's a top five tight end of the class. I'm like, come on, Dane, like taking it from me. Uh, but Kate Otten from, from Washington, a uh, huge, huge fan of this game. I think uh, he has a case to be the best blocker in this entire class while also kind of being in, and this is actually what my um, colleague on the KC draft guide uh, said to me, Jake Morley, he said that um, it's kind of very Jason Witten, like with how he understands how to sit in zones, how to get open underneath and able to find those empty spaces to, to create, you know, extra yards. And, and I think when you get a guy who's a great blocker, who can get open, uh, who can find those extra spaces in the zone, uh, if the Colts do leave, do lose uh, Jack Doyle, I think that's the perfect replacement. Uh, he's not going to test at the combine. And I think it, that's going to be a little worrisome because he is a little banged up right now. Uh, so we don't know how good of an athlete he really is, but on film, I think, uh, you know, in this kind of, I don't want to say it's a weak tight end class. It's kind of a very like mid-level tight end class. Uh, he, I think in my opinion, his argument for tight end one, uh, Ruckert might be my number one tight end, but uh, Otten is right there. I'm a, I'm a big, big fan of Kate Otten. So I, so I was going to say Kate Otten. Uh, Zach, 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 <laughs> Zach had to take him. Um, he, he's, he's actually my tight end three currently mm-hmm. um and um i saw dane came out um with his report as well um made me feel smart but then also made me feel i wish i would have released my rankings earlier than his so i could feel smarter um right. but doesn't happen not the perfect timing um the guy i was going to talk about was jeremy rucker um, from ohio state um who i have is tied in two right now um I, th- I think he is a guy who has shown on tape the his a blocking ability already um and i feel like that's just something the colts have prioritized a little bit they want a guy that's already willing to block I mean Eric Ebron's like one of the exceptions that I've seen um that he just comes in and has no interest um blocking um but I mean it feels like everyone else um that's been in the tight end room since is a guy that at least understands the importance of blocking and I think he already in my opinion Rucker to me has the best um, of these tight ends um, blocking wise up top. Um, so I think he is who I would go. Um, I think he also offers a lot as a pass catcher as well. And again, if Jack Doyle is going to be gone, a big thing for me is you're going to have to find a guy op- other than Pittman that you go to on those third down type plays. I mean, I feel like Jack Doyle has just been that blanket, no matter the quarterback. I mean, we're going on quarterback five this next year. Um, the last four have used Jack Doyle pretty heavily on that third down. Um, he's just been that guy for quarterbacks here. So um, we got to find someone that can do that. And I think Jeremy Rucker could step right in. Yeah, And I will say about Jeremy Rucker, if you want to see a game where his blocking is really on display, turn on that Purdue game and see some of those blocks he does on George Karlaftis. Whew. Made him look average. Well, most games make him look average, but especially oh, in that man, one. Purdue, Purdue fans listening right now are turning off the show, Zach. <laughs> I know. I, I said David Bell is my wide receiver 11, and now Karlaftis, my my – uh edge seven like oof, that, that oof. was the first strike the first strike was bell and then now they've turned it off they're not even listening to this argument i'm trying to think uh, of pretty guys i like i don't know i like Purdue. i like some of the indiana guys but <laughs> no, no no hey man uh when, when, when we're talking you know great stuff going on on the show guys that kid's joining us we got to get into these edge rushers all right the best fit for this one and i'm i'm holding on to my guy i'm gonna let destin start this one off all right, Destin, best edge fit, whether if it's in the first or the seventh round, where are you going, man? Are, are you trading into the first? Are you staying pat at second? You know, what, what are you thinking here? 
will you definitely cannot trade into the first for an edge rusher. Um, not 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 this year if you're the Colts. I mean, you just spent two back-to-back picks, first round, second round on your edge rusher room. You're most likely going to hopefully sign one, probably bring back one um, or two as well. I don't think the first round is where you're going to spend it. Um, I mean, uh, it's just tough because I think a lot of these guys that I like could end up swinging into the end of the first round just because of the positional value and because so little quarterbacks are going to go. Rashad's not here, so I'm going to mention his favorite guy just to speak on him. Jermaine Johnson had an incredible senior bowl. Um, the He's dude was high. The dude He's was fantastic. Exactly. The dude was fantastic. Um, I think before the senior bowl probably would have been talked about a lot in that second round. Um, if he fell into the third, no, some people wouldn't be surprised, but it was possible before the senior bowl. I, I think he's going to end up going round one now um, as well, but I think he's electric um, when he's on the field. Oh man, it just seems like a lot of these edge guys I could talk about, I think are going to end up going round one. I really liked boy Malfa before the senior bowl. I think he's great now. I mean, we, t- we had uh, um, his trainer on with us a couple weeks ago. Getting to Eddie. talk to him. Yeah, we had Eddie. We had Eddie McGilver on talking about his guys. And he had so much to talk about. A lot of these Michigan guys, of course. But Boya Mafa, he, he was so excited to talk about the guy. And we watched the Senior Bowl and we see why. Um, the dude just pops off the line of scrimmage. Um, he's a guy that if he was in round two, even though I don't think they take an edge rusher at all um, in that round two spot, he's a guy that if they took, I'd have a hard time being upset with it. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, it's going to be somewhere in that three to five range if they do take an edge rusher. Uh, and I think they only really do so if they move on from Ture and, and Ben, and Ben Banigou. Uh, then they might try to draft like another young guy who will actually play off a, a you know, a smaller guy who'll actually play. Uh, and I'll say my favorite guy in that kind of three to four range is Tyreek Smith uh, from Ohio state. I'm super, super high on Tyreek Smith. I, I, I came away from, and, and from everything that people told me like this past year was not his best year. And, and I watched a couple of his games from this past season. I came away really, really blown away. I think the way that he turns the corner for a 260 pound guy is, is rare. Uh, I think he's got really good hands. I think he he's a you know he's not a great run defender, but he's a solid run defender. Uh, I think there's a lot of a lot of good things on his field, and and I actually gave him I think an early two uh, on my grading. So I'm I'm a big big fan. Um, and then one guy I'll say on day three, and this guy I will say you guys can hold me to this. He's because it's going to happen. Is uh, Jeffrey Gunter from Coastal Carolina? He's going to blow up the combine. Absolutely blow up the combine. He's I mean we're talking. Freaky, freaky athlete. Uh, it's going to be a really good week for him, and I think he'll he'll leave this week, you know, a lot higher on a lot of people's boards than what he was coming in. But uh, he's a guy who I think I gave a late three, early four to, and I think he's a guy who the Colts could be pretty interested in. So this will need to get clipped. So I'm going to get a prediction <laughs> out of you. Then, what do you think his RAS ends up being in the range of? I think it'll be over nine. I think it'll be like low nines um i don't think it'll be like absurdly high like you know like elite elites like no we're not talking jeremy chin at safety here like 10 tens across the board but uh, i do think it'll be low nines i think you know rough guess like four six forty at, at almost 260 pounds uh, i think you'll jump high 30s in the vert i think you'll have a really good broad and honestly, i honestly think his three cone will probably be low sevens as well so i think it's gonna be a really good week for him 
Yeah, shout out at Math Bomb on Twitter I and mean, all the RAS work he does. Um, incre- just an incredible um, feature of the draft cycle that people have learned to get into. Um, we'll, we'll make sure to have to clip this and let you look at it later and see how smart you look. Um, Man, I hope he doesn't run like a 4.9. Like he gets hurt <laughs> and he runs like a 4.9 and jumps like 10 inches or something. Yeah, <laughs> we won't be the one that clips it. Somebody else that hates you will clip it. Maybe maybe a kicker in the NFL. Maybe a George Karlaftis fan will we'll clip it and <laughs> <laughs> so most of draft twitter i guess <laughs> george Karloftis. i remember watching him his freshman year and thought hey there could be some uh good things and then just never truly developed uh right. the t-rex out there man and right. he turns like a like a monument <laughs> yeah i didn't see too i didn't see too much athleticism his freshman year i thought he did do good for a freshman but just never saw any development over there so my guy i will be ecstatic I will be okay if we pat. Well, maybe not be okay. Well, probably, yeah, because I love defense. I will love if we take this guy over left tackle and wide receiver. Give me Mijai Sanders. Give him to me. Come on. I need them all. I need them all. I need, I need all the Cincinnati season. players. Give me, give me all the right. Wait, hold on. I've named Josh Wiley. I've na- Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I didn't want to go with the obvious one of the tight ends with Isaiah Likely. I mean, that's my, that's my number one guy. And I definitely will tell you, he's the <sighs> in Indy. Beautiful. Uh, but anyway, with Sanders, he really surprised me in that game against Alabama. He had a good game against Evan Neal. I did not expect him to set the edge that he did. He held his ground uh, aggressive. He used his hands pretty well. His first step, he beat him off the edge a few times. Uh actually quite a few times uh i really like his game his hand usage is awesome give me all the edge rushes man i mean please give me the edge rush even if you like zach said move off banigou move off Toure, move off lewis and you gave me sanders things are looking up man things are looking up and i would love it all the way and i, I know i did kind of mention two cincinnati players but if i had to go Another one. I mean, another if one you that I'm had just... to go. Another one. No one's asking. No one's asking. No, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Desmond <laughs> Ritter is who you're going to go with the other one. Right? Desmond, right. <laughs> the quarterback is not working now. He's athletic enough for a for an edge rusher anyway. Uh, Alec Pierce. Alec Pierce can be edge rusher. But that's I, I really like Sanders' game. He's kind of I guess you could say my dream edge rush pick if we were to have one but realistically i don't think you really go there you got too many needs across the board like you said safety you mentioned that zach corner wide receiver left tackle hey but hey chris ballard says to my core you went up front so he will prove that by taking sanders over david bell i guess right i guess he would technically prove that if he did yeah. that <laughs> and you would still suffer at the wide receiver room so Guys, it was a pretty good show. Do we have any uh, other closing remarks? Matt, I'm Matt, all good. Matt Corral, quarterback one. I'm going to get Zach Hicks a jersey. There Matt Corral, quarterback. I, don't, I haven't stacked the quarterbacks yet. Maybe quarterback four or five for me. Four or five. Ah, man. Uh, where, where's Brock Purdy at? <laughs> in, in, Wherever in, I ranked in the USFL. He's where <laughs> He's exactly where I ranked Ian Book last year. See, I would give I would give Brock Purdy a third round grade in the USFL draft next year. 
USFL. Don't they do quarterback in just the first round? Though? Yeah, I thought they just do well, like positional. But this, rounds. this this was the like like the startup league. Um, oh, I think mm-hmm. every other year will be a little different. Um, okay, I think okay. they'll get more to a normal pace now that the teams have been formed. Um, Brock Purdy will go in round three in the USFL league next year. Really compete um, as a really good backup over there next year. Honestly, you know, you know how you how, how you make the difference between Brock Purdy and Sam Ellinger. You know how you uh, make that difference. Who can throw Purdy a more who, who, who can throw a more accurate five five yard out? Oh, five yard out. L- say, I mean, probably Purdy. Honestly, yeah, Ellinger Purdy. can't get the ball to the outside. I'll take Purdy. Purdy. Uh, I like <laughs> anyways. We're just guys. basically testing to see who's still here at this point. <laughs> right. Guys, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Uh Zach, man, where can we find you? And of course, again, I, I need you to sign my book next year at the senior book. <laughs> yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter at Zach Hicks too. Uh you can find my work over at Sports Illustrated with SI Colts. Uh, and then we have a draft guide. We have a, a nice little indie draft guide. It's gonna be uh over 200 written uh scouting reports, there's gonna be rankings at each position. Uh, there will be uh, exclusives in, in the air. Like I, I'm going to have interviews with indie born prospects. Uh, so prospects that are born in Indiana, I'm going to be interviewing them and asking them about the Colts and stuff like that. Uh, so some really cool exclusives in there for you guys. So uh, I think it's $8.99 right now. Uh, you can go over to my Twitter and you'll see it in the pinned tweet. I try to throw that little promo out there, but I appreciate you guys having me on. And, you know, it's always fun to talk with y'all on top of draft. Destin, tell us why. Tell the fans why Big Irv is coming to Indy. <laughs> Yeah, that's all I got about that. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I do want to shout out uh, Fansided. Uh, thank you for everybody over there. Um, here at the Blue Stable, we are the official Colts podcast of Fansided. Um, and if you heard all the Irv Smith talk today, I apologize. You ain't going to apologize when he's got seven for a buck 80 in the Super Bowl and winning us a championship, Destin. Good night, good night, everybody. Good, good All night. right, guys. He is Zach Hicks. He is Destin Adams. I am Michael Pevia. Thank you for following along. Thank you for listening in. Make sure you're subscribed and liking this video as well, guys. We will see you later. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.